Bible says, in the year that King Isaiah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And above it stood the angels, the seraphims, each one had six wings, with twain, with two, he covered his face, and with two, he covered his feet, and with twain, he did fly. One cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me. Somebody say, Woe is me. For I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. And also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and whom will go for us? Then said I, Here am I. Send me. Somebody say, send me. My title today is From Woe Is Me to Send Me. From Woe Is Me to Send Me. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for your love, your mercy. God, only you can do a miraculous work in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus, someone say, speak, Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen. I was uh, stumbled upon a, an old book of mine about some old preachers that had transversed the United States in the early 1900s. I came upon a story about an old preacher by the name of Clifford Decker. His upbringing was unique. He was left without his mother and his father by the age of eight, became an orphan. At an early age, back in the early 1920s and 30s, rough, rough, haggard times, man would kill you, nobody would find you. Country was rough, scruff. At an early age, he learned how to move in the back alleys, move the nightclubs, the juke joints, places of ill repute. But he told the story about how there was always something conversating with his conscience. One particular time, going from place to place, he was on a boxcar. He said he remembers the metal, the iron, and the chugga, chugga, chugga of the train, and the clanking and the clicking, and all of a sudden it turned into a cadence. Ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. His feet hanging out of the boxcar. The hobo lifestyle, but something was conversating with his conscience. Wayward child, the child of the wild, but something was still able to conversate 
with his conscience. The sounds begin to formulate into a rhythm of words. And this is what he said. You're going to hell. You're going to hell. You're going, you're going, you're going to hell. It would stamp his conscience from that point on walking to different places, knowing that he was lost on his way to the lake of fire where the lost go. He was on his way to a boxing match to go fight a fight. And one day he walked past the movie theater thinking that he would refresh himself and sit down and recline to get a little relaxation. He looked at the title of the cinematic movie he thought that was showing. And the title on the screen was, The King is Coming. He walked in expecting to see a theatrical show. But what had happened was the Pentecostals, the Holy Rollers, needed a place to have church. And so they found an old abandoned theater. I just want to tell you, Holy Ghost Church will always be a good replacement of Hollywood. It was back in the 1920s, and it's still a good replacement today. Hallelujah. He walked in, and there was a woman who was preaching under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Not never being exposed to the Spirit of God, he did everything she wanted him to do. And on that particular day, amen, 59 other people and Brother Deckard himself got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and got filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost because the king showed up that day. And I want to tell you the king is in this house. And I want to tell you the king is still coming. And I want to be ready when the king shows up. Somebody clap your hand and give God praise and say, the king. Oh, give God some praise in this place today. Oh, hallelujah. The king, king is coming. A brief study of kings will have you finding out some interesting things in the 17th century. They found out that kings were attracting a certain affliction in the feet. We call it gout because of the too much uric acid that is caused by the indulgence of rich meats and the wines and the liquors and the alcohols. It was an affliction to the royal ones. Poor folk didn't get it because poor folk couldn't afford some things. Let me tell you. Amen. Sometimes it's a blessing to be poor. I said sometimes it's a blessing that you don't get all of your answers prayer. Because I've seen people get the car and start missing church. Somebody going to help me preach this morning? I've seen them be faithful when they didn't have a car. All of a sudden they got a four-wheel drive and they said four-wheel bye-bye. 
Amen. Let me tell you, if God has blessed you with a good car, now's not the time to be showing up to church late. I'm going to get there early for prayer. So this disease afflicted the royalty because they were the only ones that could afford these rich meats. The problem was, was gout began to set in. And it was an affliction that only, only perplexed kings. They called it king's disease. Hallelujah. Uzziah had king's disease. But his was spiritual. When you forget who the king really is, oh, you got an affliction in your spirit. Hallelujah. When I, when I forget that I'm not here to be served. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hey, hey, when I forget, amen, that I'm not here for everybody to worship me and put the attention on me and cater to me. Brother, that's called king's disease. I want to be a servant in the house of God. Hey, I saw many people come to God and start at his service, but over time, uh, eating from the royal blessing table of God, they forgot that they were a servant and they got king's disease. Oh, God, help us today. Man, when the attention ain't on you, man, God, let me hurry up here. I don't want to be the person that everybody's got to walk on eggshells around me. I know some folk in church, every other Sunday, somebody's got to go apologize to them. That's called King's disease. Hey, hey, listen, I might be meddling, but if the only text to your pastor is, we need to have a meeting so another family can come and apologize to you, friend, you got King's disease in your spirit. Don't forget, King Uzziah, you're a servant. Hey, it was the rich man that fared sumptuously every day. You know what that means? That means he's had a good life. And the Bible says he wore purple. That means he looked good on the outside. And he had fine linen. That means he felt good on the inside. You know why? Because that's a typology of the flesh. Ooh, hallelujah. And all the flesh wants to do is have a pleasure party. All the flesh wants to do is live like a king. All the flesh wants to do is live like a monarch and everybody else's servants. Oh, you let that flesh fare sumptuously every day and the spiritual man, the poor man, will sit here at the gates full of sores because he can't move. That flesh has got to die, friend. Let me help some young men here today. If you don't get in your spirit that God loves you, you will find love and affection in the arms of women. I didn't have planning on talking about this, but I'm going I'm I'm to talk about it. If you don't get deep in the Holy Ghost and build your own prayer life, you will find ease and refreshment in deep crevices of the internet 
in the arms of female strangers. Listen to me, young men. You've got to know that God loves you, that you are cherished, that there's an anointing on your life, that there's a ministry on your life, that God is going to use you mightily, that you're going to be a giant and a champion. You've got to know that God loves you. David, said the prophet, listen to me. You call that boy Jedediah. You call him Jedediah. You know, it's amazing to me. My son is not here yet, but I can already discern his spirit. I can already discern some of his personality types and his personality traits. It's weird. It's, it's, it's unique. And I believe that Nathan, I believe that prophet knew before Solomon came out of the womb. He said, you name that boy Jedediah, which means God loves him. I see something in him. He's got to understand that God loves him. But never once in Scripture did they ever call him Jedediah. They called him peace. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. Let me tell you something. You can't leave young men alone. You got, to, you got to be on them, amen, and I don't mean in a negative way, but you got to check on them, amen, how's your spiritual life, how's your prayer life, come on, hang out with me this Saturday, why, because there's a world that's trying to cut off the generation of the anointing. And there's a spirit that says, leave them alone, they'll be all right now. Solomon said, I looked out the encasement of my window. And I saw a young man. How are you going to understand word for word verbatim the conversation, Solomon, when you're up in your window and they're at the street corner? That's why old rabbis say Solomon was probably talking about himself. And he was recounting the story. Amen. Of how that woman called him in the midnight hour. But there was nobody to check up on him. I'm not saying run him off. I'm not saying micromanage the young men. I just want you to know that there's a Herod, there's a Pharaoh that wants to cut off the anointing of the young man. I didn't have plan on talking about this. Hey, but I think it's all right if I text a young man at 2 o'clock in the morning and say, how you doing? I think it's all right as, a, as an older brother that I can build a relationship with a young man so much that if he confesses to me his weaknesses, rather than going and publishing it, we'll pray together. I'm not going to let Herod, I'm not going to let Pharaoh get a hold of Moses. got to ask them how they're doing. Hey Amen. It might be all right for you to take young men and float them down the Nile River with alligators and serpents, but let it not be so in the church. Come on, somebody. Because there, there is a, there is, there is a, there is, there is a, uh, uh, an advice system that said, oh man, just let them get in the Holy Ghost, they'll be right. Just let them get in the flow. No, I want to check on my brother. Clap our hands unto the Lord. God, help me. 
Why? Because God is trying to raise up young boys to be kings. So they can, they can rule and they can walk in dominion and authority. Amen. You know what else the devil wants to do? Is he wants to cut off the connection from you to your pastor. Man, I, I preach a lot of places. I know what I'm talking about. King Isaiah, boy, he forgot who the king really was. And you go read in the Chronicles and about old King Uzziah. One day he was a king, yeah? He's got some rule. He's got some power. He's got some dominion. But he ain't the king of kings. Bible said he had a pastor called the high priest. And one day, brother, just like King Saul who had king's disease, one day he thought that he would go and fulfill the role of his pastor. One day, he felt like he would perform the duties of his own. It was the day that he chose the pastor himself. I got a lot of things to say about that, but I, time will not allow me to. I mean, maybe another day. One day, he walked into the house of God and said, you know, I guess I'll be pastor today. I still believe in going to my pastor for advice, counsel, and decision-making. So as he was in there performing the duties of a pastor, the Bible says the high priest saw what he was doing at that altar. And he went, and I think he got 60 other preachers and priests and they confronted him in the house of God. You know what that's telling me? That's telling me my pastor is backed by the law, the prophets, and the apostles, and the angelic host. That's what it's telling us right there. And the Bible says, amen, as they confronted him and they told him you're out of alignment and you're in disobedience to the word of God, King Uzziah with king's disease lifted up his hand towards the men of God. And all of a sudden, with, with quick-like force, the Holy Ghost came in there and it smote King Uzziah with leprosy. I want to treat the man of God right in my life. I don't know about you. I mean, I want to be submitted. I don't know. I want to be submitted. Hey, man, I want to have a good spirit. And it was later on that King Uzziah would not recover from this disease. And the Bible says in the year that King Uzziah died, you know what King Uzziah represents? He represents the carnal man. It's your flesh that wants to live like a king. It's your flesh that wants everything and everyone to serve you. It's an affliction of all of ours. It's called the flesh. And Paul said, I've got to make this king, this flesh, die every single day. I got to, you, you know what I'm talking about. If somebody takes too long in the Starbucks line, oh, King Isaiah rises up, don't he? Come on. That's King Isaiah right there. When somebody doesn't shake your hand, 
or, or when somebody tells you no, and that, that puff rise up, that's King Uzziah right there. Hey, when conversation is being good, and all of a sudden somebody starts talking about a brother or a sister, Boy, I hate that feeling, don't you? Oh, boy, that's a nasty feeling. You know who started that conversation? King Uzziah. King Uzziah represents your flesh, and your flesh has got to learn how to die. Your flesh, you've got to make that will be broken. You've got to get that stubbornness broken. You've got to get that independence broken. You've got to get that rebellious nature broken. In the year that King Uzziah died, you ready? Something happens when the fleshly man dies, brother. He said, now I can see the king high and lifted up. Because when the fleshly king dies, now I can see who the real king is. This is why we push. Yet we beg you to come to the altar of God. Why? So when King Uzziah dies, and that rebellion dies, and that pride dies, and that arrogance dies, all of a sudden I can see the king high and lifted up. I got to see him, brother. Because once he gets lifted up, the Bible says, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Something happens when I can see the king in his proper position and in the right perspective of the spirit. And the only way I can see Jesus the way he's supposed to be is when that flesh has died out at an altar and I've wept and I've cried and I've spoken in tongues and I've beat on that altar. And I said, when I get up from this thing, there will no longer be a king me but a servant me. Paul said, I die daily. You know, some people only pray through at conference time. You know what I'm talking about. They only get a breakthrough Friday night conference. They're like, man, where you been at the other 364? You've got to make King Uzziah die every day. Hey, man, there's three types of bondage in the Old Testament. There's Egypt. There's Babylon. And there's Rome. And, the, and history says in the same year that King Isaiah died, the first Caesar of Rome was born by the name of Romulus. Because when you die out on Sunday, the flesh will pop back on Monday. And you've got to get that nature under the spirit of prayer so you can see your church right, so you can see your God right, so you can see your telling you. Somebody say every day. Somebody say pray every day. That's right. Because when his flesh died, this is a typology. When King Isaiah died, you ready? The Bible says, I saw the king high and lifted up. Here's the next perspective. And his train filled the temple. You know what the train was? It was the cape or the robe of other kings that had been conquered that had to submit to his rule and dominion. And that is symbolic of the church. Oh, it's a beautiful thing when the king can conquer rebellion, when God can conquer my life, when God can conquer my will, 
When God can conquer my stubbornness, when God can conquer my submission, it's a beautiful thing. When God can conquer a young man's life and bring it into submission of the spirit. And all of a sudden, the Bible says, I saw the train fill the temple. This is symbolic of the church. Why? Amen. He said in the New Testament, I want my house to be full. It was the train that filled the temple. It was a typology of the church. Why? Because when you die out to your flesh, now you can see the church clearly. And these folks ain't as weird as I thought, huh? There's benefits that going to this altar and dying out. You see things in a clear view. Your troubles get minimized when you come to the altar. Amen. God gets maximized when you come to the altar. Amen. God's power is emphasized when you come to the altar. Amen. And the devil's strength is demolished when you come to the altar. Friend, when you die out to this world, your eyes are open to the miraculous. And there are churches today trying to get rid of the altar call. Can you believe that? Trying to hurry up and usher the altar call. I was listening to one preacher, and a man came to him uh, before service started, and he said, if you don't mind, can you cut altar call a little short tonight? Hallelujah. And the preacher said, well, he probably just wanted to go get something to eat anyway. Hallelujah. Probably true. But I got to feed the spiritual man first. Hey, don't overlook altar prayer time, friend. Amen. Don't, don't, don't you overlook praying in the altar. Some people come to the altar with leaving on their mind. I come to the altar with dying on my mind. I don't, I don't want JP, I don't want Brother Poindexter to be alive when I walk away from this altar. I don't want pride to be alive when I walk away from this altar. I don't want arrogance to be, I don't want criticism. I tell you something. It, Oh, boy. Boy, you get to complaining, that flesh needs to die. Criticism, man, you got to learn how to get that flesh to an altar and let the Holy Ghost, let the Holy Ghost break all of that up and let the Holy Ghost break that. I'm going to tell you, when you criticize a brother or a sister, the Bible says you become a judge of the law. That means you become king. And I got to go to an altar so God can put proper perspective of the body of Christ in my viewpoint. Amen. Clap your hands and thank God for the church right now. I tell you, you want to know what the sharpest weapon in the apostolic's armory is? You know what it is? It's keeping my mouth closed when the option of criticism comes available. I have never I don't know what a worse feeling is. I've seen demons. I've heard of them. I've, I've, they've talked to me. I don't know if I was talking to them or not. But, I, but, but I, it, there's no worse feeling than when a brother comes up in conversation and people start jumping on him. It's a cold, nasty, clammy, ungodly feeling that I choose for one not to experience ever again in my life. Boy, look like I think I got I got a spirit underneath my heel right now. I got a spirit underneath my heel right now. Mm, she caught by you. He said, all of a sudden, I can see the train now. 
I see the king high and lifted up, and now I can see the beauty and the combination and the beautiful design pattern and the connectivity and the attachment of his strength. Just like I'm looking at the church and I see all of these different cultures and ethnicities and different personality types and different ways of living a life. But it's beautiful now because I can see the train and the train follows the king of kings. I got two hand claps and a butterfly blink, praise God. I'll take it Sunday morning, I'll take it. Hey. You better learn how to look at Joseph's coat of colors and thank God for the train in the temple. Thank God for your brother. Thank God for your sister. I don't care if you're upper middle class or not. There's only one class in the body of Christ. Hey, and if I'm talking, if you ain't careful, God will make you fail the class. Boy, you better, oh boy, God help me. Somebody's been talking about different races, and it's, it's backed by pride. It's backed by pride, and God's not happy about it. You better be careful, friend. You, I'm just telling you right now, I'm, I, I'm nothing. Amen. I'm nothing but an old Irishman, praise God. Left out in the field a little too long. Praise God. Son got me. Hallelujah. What are you saying? We're all one. We're all together. God's trying to raise something up in this last day. It ain't a time to be looking at social economic class. It's just time to bind together. Let me wrap this up. Let me wrap this up. Hallelujah. Hey, man, I, I saw his train, brother. Looking sharp, by the way, brother. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, saw, I saw his train, and his train filled the temple. What happened? Because that fleshly nature dies. When King Uzziah dies, brother, you get 20-20 vision in the house of God. Brother, you start seeing things in their proper order. Amen. No, 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 no. That ain't, that ain't, that don't call my pastor by his first name. I see things in proper order. That's my pastor. Yeah. Hallelujah. I, I love it when people come to church. You know, of course, it, it, takes, it takes people a while to get used to the culture. You know how it is. Somebody will come in and they'll call your pastor by the first name. Boy, you got eight, nine saints. They're like. <laughs> like, I didn't even know my pastor's name was Ron. <laughs> like, I'm sure I've seen his birth certificate. It said pastor on it. Praise God. That's just the culture we built because you get proper perspective when you come to the house of God. You ready? And he said, all of a sudden, watch it now, when King Uzziah dies, I see the king lifted up. Now I can see the church in proper perspective. Now I can see the angelic host. And the Bible says, I saw angels flying around. Here we go. And they had six wings each. With twain, they covered the face. 
With twain they covered their feet, and with twain they did fly. Isn't it ironic how they cried one to another and they were preaching a message? Isaiah said they had six wings. Now you must understand that six is the number of man. Therefore, these angels are giving man a message. And the message is, you ready? You've got to have a covering. Hey, if you're going to have any recognition in this house, you better learn to be submitted to the man of God. It don't matter how good you can play the guitar. It don't matter how good. You've got to learn how to be covered. Well, we've had a lot of people come through the church. Man, I can, I can preach. I can prophesy. I can read people's mail. Yeah, but you got to have that face covered first. You got to learn how to submit yourself. Amen. And not only that, his Bible says their feet were covered, meaning if you're going to have a ministry. See, there's a lot of people in 2021 that want to have a ministry, but they don't want to submit to a man of God. Listen, it ain't hard to submit to a man. We go to work, we've got a supervisor, we got foreman, we got managers, we got CEOs, bosses, and business owners. But it's easy to submit myself to a coach, but something rose up in me when I got in church and God said, you got to be submitted to the man of God. You know why? Because God's going to show you, if you submit yourself to the man of God, he'll show you how you can get blessed at work. tell you something. You will never get a raise on the job or promotion if you're not in favor of the boss, man. And God said, I'll show you how you get in favor of the boss, man. You just submit yourself to the man of God who serves the boss. And God said, I'll bless your family. I'll bless your home. I'll bless your mind. Clap your hands unto the Lord and give God some praise in this place. Watch it now. As these angels were preaching, the Bible says the house began to move. You want to know why you have some of the most powerful services? Because you know how to move with the message. You know how to respond to preaching. There's, there's, there's places out there today, they don't know how to respond to preaching. Man, I'll tell you something. It's not a lecture. Amen. The angel is crying holy, 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 and the house has got to learn how to move with the message. Now, I don't consider myself a good preacher. Amen. And it don't matter how good or how bad the preacher is, but if the church can learn how to respond, man, we'll have good church every service. Amen. They moved. Watch, watch what happens. King Isaiah dies. King's high lifted up. See his train fill the temple. See the angels covered. Listen to the message. House begins to move. Watch now. And the Bible says, now the house is filled with smoke. Because when you learn how to respond, God will move. When you move with the message, the Holy Ghost will move with the service as well. Hold on. 
This is why when people come to receive the Holy Ghost, if they're calm and they're mundane, the Holy Ghost will be the same. But if you come and you cry out to God and you get moved with emotion and you begin to crave God, God will begin to move in the same exact manner. Somebody say smoke. Yeah. The Bible was filled with, the Bible says the house, the temple was filled with smoke. I see everything in this story except for a devil. You know why? Because the devil don't want no smoke. Thought the young man would get that one. Devil, devil, devil can't handle it when you begin to repent of your sins. Devil can't handle it when you begin to die out to that old lifestyle. Devil can't handle it when you begin to move with the preaching. Devil can't handle it when you become submitted to the man of God. Stand to your feet, clap your hands unto the Lord. Come on, why don't you give him a praise right now? Come on, why don't you give God a praise in this house on a Sunday? Musicians, why don't you come right now? Somebody give him a voice of praise. Come on, King Yeshaya. Remain standing, if you will. And it was in this atmosphere, brother. That the prophet Isaiah says, woe is me. Woe. It was in this atmosphere that he got a revelation of himself internally. Some rabbi commentators say that Isaiah had reached a point of not prophesying anymore. Just like Jeremiah did when Jeremiah said, I'm done preaching in your name. And I'm done prophesying in your name. But he said, his word was in me like a fire, and it was like fire shut up in my bones. Some historians say that Isaiah had just fell off spiritually. He just wasn't where he needed to be. And he said, Lord, I am undone. I'm not where I need to be. I need to get in proper alignment. And I ask you, visitor and member, are you at the place where God wants you to be? Are you at the pinnacle, at the apex? Are you in alignment where God wants you to be in your life? Are you fulfilling what God wants you to do? Woe is me. Man, you're related to the king, Isaiah. Woe is me. You've got royal privilege. Woe is me. You know how to pray in the Holy Ghost. Woe is me. You know where the church is located and what time church starts. Woe is me. You've been living for God all these years. Woe is me. Woe is me. I'm not where I need to be. I'm undone. Don't ever let those words get out of your vocabulary, living for God. When I first came to God, sis, I'm not where I need to be. 
You're talking about somebody's graces of God that I've experienced because I know what it's like to live for God, backslide, go out into the world, and come back, be full of devils, and say, woe is me. Hallelujah. That's what this message is all about today. Are you in the place where the Spirit wants you to be? Not, not, not your pastor. Because your pastor's only one man. He can't detect everything. He can't detect everybody's alignment. But I've got to go and say, where am I supposed to be? This is between me and the Spirit of God. I don't care how long you've been in church. Am, you, am I at the place where I'm supposed to be? Watch now. And the Bible says the seraphim went to the altar of God. And it took a hot coal from off the altar and it placed it on his lips. That's Holy Ghost time right there. That's interaction and conversation in the midst of the altar. That's, that's when service is over. I'm going to the altar and I'm going to have a Holy Ghost fire experience. And I won't stop until my tongues change. And it was in that interaction and exchange of the altar, the Bible says that his iniquity was cleansed and his sin was purged. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost, brother, when you... I can't wait for elders and pastors to keep pushing me to go to the altar. I can't, I can't keep pulling and forcing people to go to the altar. It's got to be a woe is me moment. I'm not talking about a moment of condemnation. I'm talking about a moment of recognition. When's the last time that King Uzziah died? When's the last time that you walked away at an altar and said, there's some folks I got to apologize to? Come on, somebody. Come on. Oh, God, help us today. Come on, how about it? When, when's the last time I said, woe is me, for I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Ready? Because once he got that moment taken care of, now he heard the voice of God. Now I could hear the clarion call of the king. Now I could hear the call of ambassador and embassy saying, who will go for all of us? And it was an experience with an altar that Isaiah went from woe is me to God, you can send me. Because the altar, you ready? The altar repairs, the altar revives, and the altar renews. Watch it now. And the altar recharges. What are you saying, Brother Poindexter? I'm saying you were placed on this earth to go win a soul. Come on, somebody. Because if you, stay in the, if you stay in the temple, you will get the rattling. There will always be a moving. You will get revelation. But the king's voice, who will go for us?
Come on, somebody. I'm challenging this church. In the midst of transition, in the midst of building the wall, in the midst of road construction and, 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 and streets literally being changed and, and be, in, the, in the time that we ought to take our ease and strategize internally, I challenge you to get a Bible study with somebody you work with. I challenge you to sit down with somebody and share the gospel. And so he dies on a cross and he resurrects and it's powerful and it's, 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 it's unique, it's powerful. And he brings them to Galilee. He brings them to a mountain of Galilee. And this is what he tells them. Go. Go teach. Go teach. Go teach. Go teach. Me? God, I'm not able. That's woe is me. But by your grace and by your power and by the Holy Ghost, you can send me, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. How about it? You up for the challenge? You up for the challenge? I believe God can double this congregation in one year. I believe it, brother. I believe you can break records in Pentecost. Feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, lift up your hands. All hands lifted up. You've been feeling the call of the king. That's what it's been. You've been feeling like one last portion is missing out of my life. That's what it is. You've been faithful, Isaiah. You've, you've cleansed yourself. You've been at the altar. And you're saying, what is that one thing missing? God is saying, get your Bible study. Say, but... But I'm going to mess up. I'm not going to do it right. That's all right. Holy Ghost to fill it in. Who will go for us? Who will go for us? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's a special anointing in this place today. I believe that it is anointing of going forth. I believe that in this anointing today that God is going to anoint you with boldness, with courage. Hallelujah. Come on, friend. Hey, I, I believe it. I believe this church can double in one year and more. Such a, this, this congregation, I'm telling you, amen, God has positioned you. Hearts are open. Ears are waiting for the message. And so this is a challenge, Isaiah. Who will go for Cornerstone? I'm a man of unclean lips, but I know how to get in the Holy Ghost. I, I, I'm, it's not in my personality, but I know how to get in the Holy Ghost. Man, it's really not in my character, but here goes nothing. Can you get with me on Thursday evening for a Bible study? Here goes the rejection. Yeah, sure, I'll do that. I got me a Bible study. I'm getting in line, brother, with the disciples. I'm getting in line with the apostles. 
hey, you say this message is just for ministers. No, this message is for visitors too because all of us got something good to talk, to G- talk about Jesus. All of us got something to share with somebody that's lost, somebody that's hurting, somebody that's broken. Who's going to go for the kingdom of God? And it starts at an altar, friend. It starts at an altar. Hallelujah. Let's lift up our hands right now. Hey, this is going to business owners, students. This is going to supervisors and managers. Come on, this is going for nursery, Sunday school. This is for everybody who's going to go for us. Come on, King Uzziah. You've lived sumptuously, bro. Come on. Come on, Ezekiel. You lived at the royal temples. It's time to go prophesy now. Come on, God. This is, come on. Come on. Come on. Let God anoint you with with a mantle to go forth. You've got the ability. You've got the anointing. You've got the, you've got it put in you. Now I challenge you this day. Who are you going to win to the Lord? Who are you going to teach to the Lord? Who are you going to bring to the kingdom of God? I'm going to get my co-worker. I'm going to get my backslid nephew. I'm going to get my grandchildren. Come on, go ye therefore and teach all nations. Send me, Lord. Send me, Lord. Come on. Come on. God, I don't want to leave until I've got an anointing, until I've got a power, until I'm endued with power from on high. Come on, young man, young lady. There's an anointing on your life. God has called you to do more than just move in the house. Now it's time to move on the outside walls. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let us pray together. Come on, you need the Holy Ghost. God is here. You need healing in your body. The Holy Ghost is present.